Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. We're going to wrap up a series today called Ringtone. If, you're, if, you haven't, if this is your first Sunday with us or you haven't heard the other two, we've kind of split this one up. I preached and then was gone and then I preached and then I was gone and now I'm preaching again. Um, if you haven't heard the first two, you really owe it to yourself to go get online. We, all of our sermons are on our website, www.clcchurch.com. You can go listen to the last, the, the other two in the ringtone series, and it'll bring you up to speed, and I highly recommend that you do that. It will help you. Um, but we're going to wrap it up today, and um, the agenda for this series is really simple. I just want you to read your Bible. It's just that simple. Most people don't do that, and we said at the beginning of this, we all wear our phones and get text messages all the time, and you read those. I mean, when that thing goes off, you're like Pavlovian dogs, you know, you just, what's it say? And, and you read those messages. I was at the ballpark the other night. I got there early. I was waiting on the game ahead of us to get over with. And, and I'm sitting, by, they have these, we're in the picnic shelter, and we sit at picnic tables. And so I'm facing the field, and then there's another picnic table between me and the field, and it's got this family sitting there, a mom and a son, and it was a girlfriend or a sister or something across the way, and they were talking. And I wasn't really paying attention to what they were talking about. I had my head down. I was making a lineup up and things like that. But I kept hearing this funny sound. After a while, I started to think to myself, what is that sound? And I looked up, and sure enough, every time it would go off, it's going off like every 30 seconds, this kid's reaching, you know, he's taking his fingers, and he's running his cell phone up out of his pocket, and he looks at his phone, and then he'd send something, and then he'd put it back in his pocket. And a minute or two later, it would go off again, and he would, you know, go through that motion again. So I, in, pre- in preparation for this message, I just sat there and watched him, okay? Thought, this is research I'm doing right here. So for probably five or six more times, every time the ringtone hit, he would reach in his pocket and take out his phone. He didn't ever skip a time, okay? It wasn't like he finally got bored with it. It wasn't like he finally said it's not important. No, every time out comes the phone, I got to look at the message. Here's the thing. You are not going to get a text message today that is more important than this text message. You're not. I don't care what the text message says. I don't care how urgent it is. I don't care who's involved. This is the most important text message you will ever get. Yet, there is no ringtone for it. And because there's no ringtone, and I wonder even if there was every morning, if this thing was buzzing somehow, if it would make a difference, we don't pick this up and read it like we do our regular text messages. We said at the beginning of this that there's a sense in which God has kind of sent us a text message, but we, we, we don't read it with great regularity. And the reason that this is so important to you is because most of you get up every Sunday and you get dressed, not necessarily dressed up because we don't really care about that around here, but you at least put some clothes on. We like that. We like you to come clothed. You know, it's not, it's not a clothing optional deal. We really need you to have some clothes on you come to church you put you, you know you get your kids all together you put up with the unholy hour before the holy hour right on the way here you know what i'm talking about and and then you you get here you sit in rows and you listen to me talk and, and you, you listen to what i've got to say and, and and i'm talking from this incredible book and if you're gonna do that as an adult you owe it to yourself to read this many of us our consciences con- consciences have been shaped by what people have told us about this book you come here every week i tell you and you're like oh that makes me feel guilty you know or whatever in other words you feel guilty about things because you think god feels a certain way 
But I'm telling you, if you open this book up and read it, you might not feel as guilty because what you think is in here may not necessarily be in here. Conversely, there may be some things that you're doing that you, you don't really right now think, well, that's no big deal. But if you got in here and started looking around, you might go, you know what, maybe I should rethink that. Maybe I, you know, I've been using that word. I don't know that that's really smart for me to use that word. And, and I, you know, that's not something that I'm going to get on you about. Or it's just something that if you read the Bible, it may change the way you think about something. The things you think are in here, some of them aren't in here, and some of the things that you don't think are in here are in here. And, and to your advantage sometimes, okay? In your favor. So, um, you know, your conscience has been shaped by this book, and, and many of us have never read it. So, uh, something, you know, some of you are trying to do marriage according to this book, but you've never read it. Some of you are trying to manage finances according to this book, but you've never read it. You know, some of you are shaping your views of God, but yet you, you haven't read the Bible and, and, and how you know, God views all these elements of your life and how it's all been shaped. You, you believe what the Bible says, but you've never necessarily read the Bible. And so I just want you to read it. So you owe it to yourself as an adult to crack this thing open and read it. So I've spent the last couple of weeks talking about this, trying to get you to read it. The last time I spoke, we talked about how the Bible all fits together. And, and I, I put it, you know, Old and New Testament and the different categories and the history and the prophecy and the poetry. And, and um, uh, I, I talked about the fact that uh, it can be a little frustrating to read. Um, it, it's a little bit of an intimidating book. You can start at the beginning and, and then by the end, you're going to be frustrated. If you start at the beginning and try and read it all the way to the end, Genesis to Re Revelation, you're going to get frustrated in there somewhere. I'm just telling you that's going to be the case. So we broke the whole thing down, then we put it back together, and I gave you the chronological list. I handed out this little paper to everybody, and, and on the front it had that, and then on the back it had a chronological list. Because the Bible, you do not, your Bible is not in chronological order. I don't know if you know that or not. The way it's been assembled, it's not chronological order. So I gave you the list chronologically. I, I don't know that there will be many of these at the Welcome Center, but if you wanted one of these, there were a few copies at the Welcome Center, and if there aren't any more, talk to me, and I can get you one, okay? So uh, you, may, you may want that. Um, so hopefully when you pick up the scriptures, you'll kind of know where you are and how things fit together and where they are. Today, I want to help you to understand what to do when you pick it up and read it, all right? That's what I want to work on today. Now, every single one of us, um, know of things that we would like for God to do for us, we've got a list of things. You know, when we pray, it's like, God, here's what I need you to do. I need you to move my neighbor to another state because they're driving me crazy, all right? Uh, if you'd get on that, that'd be great. And, um, um, you know, my boss, is he's a believer. He loves Jesus, but he needs to go. If you just call him home today, I'd be happy. Just call him home, you know. We won't miss him at work. You just call him home. He's ready to go. You know, we've got this list of things that we want God to do. But anybody who's read the Bible for any length of time would tell you that there have been multiple times when they're reading through these ancient, ancient documents. What if God wanted to say something to you? What if God doesn't want to do something for you? What if God has something that he wants to say to you? See, we pray... God, I want you to do. But what if God's up there saying, hey, I'm done. I don't want to do today. I want to, I want to say something. Let's stop doing and let me talk to you. Anybody who's read the Bible for any length of time would tell you that there have been multiple times when they're reading through these ancient documents and suddenly words just start leaping up off the page at them. 
You know, the people who've read the Bible a lot, it's as if God is speaking directly to them in their current context from these ancient documents. And it happens all the time. What, what if God wants to say something to you, not necessarily do something for you? I believe that's exactly what he'd like to do. I think there are things that he wants to say to you. So today I want to talk to you about three things that will help you get started. I want to talk to you today about a time, a place, and a plan. All right? A time, a place, and a plan. Successful Bible readers, people who've been, making it a ha- who've been able to make it a habit to read their Bibles and, and be able to lock in and really do it consistently, habitually, they, they have these three things, a time, a place, and a plan. Uh, when I talk about a, a time, I simply mean you need to figure out what is the best time for you. Choose a, t- a time during your day that you can have that is your Bible reading time. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time. I'll talk about that in a minute. Isn't it true that the things that are most important to you, you schedule those things? If it's, I mean, if you've got certain bills coming due this week, they're probably on a calendar or something. You know that bill's due. I've got to pay that. That's important. That's on the schedule. If there's some kind of, of uh, big event coming, you've got that on the schedule. If, if, you, if there's something at work that you know, if you've got to place an order by this amount of time or, you know, something with payroll or something like that, it's got to be done at, by this deadline, it's on the schedule. If it's important to us, we put it on the schedule. If Bible reading is going to become important to you, you have to schedule it. There has to be a time that you pull out and you say, this is going to be my, my time to just spend time with God. One of the most important decisions you can make as it relates to reading the Bible is to choose a time during the day that you're going to try to do this. A great number, number of successful Bible readers seem to do this in the morning. I, I've talked about my mother. Um, she used to wake us up. I remember as a kid, she would wake us up uh, we lived in a split level house she would come up the steps wake us up and then she would go back down to her bible reading place and when I would walk in to go to the bathroom I could see her down there she still had her bathrobe on and it was early in the morning and she she was reading her bible that was what she did before we went off to school I saw that every day of my life it was before she did anything else that's what she did wake us up and then go read her bible some people read before they go to bed at night because they want to kind of drift off with those kind of thoughts in their mind. That's fine. Um, Anybody who's going to be serious about reading their Bible, though, they generally have a time, some kind of special time that they have set aside. And even if you're not a morning person, even if there's, there's just something about getting up and beginning your day with God's word to kind of calibrate your day and your mind to send you off with the right mindset. And if you if you're going to work angry, if you're going to work and things just aren't quite right, then maybe I would suggest to you try, just try giving five or ten minutes. You know, just get up five or ten minutes earlier and read your Bible just a little bit before you go to work and just see if, if something doesn't change or if, if things aren't, don't get a little better. And again, even if you're not a morning person, here's what I know about you. You do something first in the morning, right? I mean, you're doing something first. For most, as we get older, it's go to the bathroom immediately, right? That's the, you know, it's like, whew, got to go. So, um, but you, you're doing something first thing. My suggestion is that, that you kind of maybe work this into the routine just a little bit. And I would just encourage you to try blending your morning routine with, with 5, 10, or 15 minutes. And again, the amount of time, I'm not stuck on the amount of time. I'm not up here saying, you know, you've got to give 30 minutes or you're not a true believer in Jesus. You know, you're not spiritual. Spiritual with like five syllables. If you aren't giving us a half hour of Bible reading time. That is not what I'm saying at all. At all. 
You know, you reading the Bible for a half hour and not really paying attention to what you're reading does not make you spiritual. But if you take five minutes and get into one little section and really try hard to connect and say, God, speak to me, that's spiritual, okay? And, and, and it doesn't take a lot of time. I'm just asking you to give just a little bit of time. It doesn't even have to be every day. I mean, I'm suggesting that you do it every day, but it might be you do it just the five days of the week and take the weekends off. It might, you know, you might do an every other day kind of thing just to ease into it. You know, like, God, this is all new to me. I'm just going to, I don't know if I can handle a whole week. I'm just going to go a little bit at a time. God's like, okay, that's cool. All right, just read a little bit. So, so choose a time. Second thing is you really need to choose a place. Again, successful Bible readers, if you talk to them, they will tell you that they have, it, have made it a point to have a time and a place that is special to them. By place, I mean a spot that when you go, it's kind of like it's when you're in that place, it kind of speaks to you, this is where I read my Bible. This is my Bible reading place. Um, again, my mom, it was in our, um, our living, we had a, call it a formal dining room. I didn't grow up in a house that was that uh, highfalutin, but closest thing we had to a formal dining room, there was a chair that she sat in that nobody else sat in but hers. One of those chairs that you buy that no one ever sits in. But that's the chair she had. She sat in, and she had a little night table. And um, I remember her big, huge Bible was green, and she had a notebook there. And, and it was just she had everything she needed to do her deal. And uh, once in a while, I would sneak over and just kind of look in that Bible and see all the stuff that she had written. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But she had this special place um, that she sat in in our living room. It may be a stairwell for you. You know, you may have a really cool porch or side porch or something like that, or you may have a tree that when it's nice outside in the morning, you could go out and sit under in the summertime and spring. But um, it might be the library. It could be someplace like that. But it might be a chair in your office. I don't know. But some place that is kind of like your place to do this one thing. Um, you have to have a time. You have to have, a, have to have a place. I'm emphasizing routine. Okay? I'm not suggesting... That if you don't have these two things, you can't be a good Bible reader. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying that there are things that will encourage good Bible reading, and these are two of them. Have a time, have a place, it's going to encourage you to read. Uh, can I suggest that you get away from your computer? Okay, can I just tell you, get away from your computer, because here's what I know from experience. You're going to be reading along, it's going to be going swimmingly, since we're at the Olympics in London, it's going swimmingly. And, and all of a sudden, you get that little sound that your computer makes when you got an email. And then you're a Pavlovian dog again. you got to go click the button and see what's so earth-shatteringly important that you got to read it, right? And then you're not reading your Bible anymore. So you need to get away from your computer, uh, get away from your cell phone, unless, unless you've downloaded version. If you've got a pen, you want to write this down. version is a free app for your Bible, for your uh, droid or your iphone and it even has bible reading plans built into it it gives you a verse of the day it's got multiple translations that thing will even read to you okay there's no excuse if you got an iphone or a droid that you shouldn't have you version and be getting the bible somehow um so it's 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 legal by brett if you use your if you have your cell phone while you're reading your bible but if you're if you're not going to do the cell phone thing put your cell phone away and just read your bible make sense so a time, a place, and a plan. And, and the reason I say cell phone is you may, you may find that the best place for you to read your Bible is when you pull in your parking place at work and you have like 10 extra minutes, get your phone out, 
bring up you version and do your bible reading plan and then you know you're ready to go in and tackle work and and do your deal time place and then plan and we're going to spend the rest of our time today talking about bible reading plans um you know the thing is if you you know if you go to your your dealership where you got your car or a, an auto mechanic um, they seem to have resources available to them that you don't have, right? To fix your car, there's certain things. They've got the right tools and right diagnostic equipment, They, along with a lot of expertise. But they, they also have those other things that make it a lot easier. And you might see them use a tool and you go, well, I didn't know you could do that to your car. Like, call me stupid, but I didn't realize until, you know, just a few years ago that they plug your com- car into a computer and it tells you all that stuff. You know, like, what's wrong? I'm like, how cool is that? Well, you know, or you go to the, um, you go to the, uh, what am I, what do I want to say, like an electrician or a plumber or whatever, and you're trying to do stuff at your house, but if you watch a professional do it, and they come in and do it, and they whip out this tool that you've never seen before, and you go, what's that? And they go, oh, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a Johnson, give you some kind of name, and then they fix your deal, and you're like, well, I didn't even know one of those existed. Resources. Life is all about resources. It's about having the right resources, so... I want to give you resources to make this as easy as we can. Um, I have been overwhelmed, honestly, by your response to the last talk that I gave. Not that it was some profound talk. That's not what I'm suggesting. But at the end of that, I gave you a little five-day reading plan. You remember that? I don't know how many of you have walked up to me and said, are we going to get another reading plan? Are you going to do that again? Are you going to give us another one? That was so cool. I was, that's the first time I've ever read my Bible because you gave me that little plan. And now I feel bad because I haven't given you another five-day, you know. Johnny was here last week, and I didn't give you the five-day reading plan. So, um, you know, it's one of those sermons where you preach it and you go, well, that was okay. But all, the people have just gone crazy over the, the, I don't know how many people have said, Brett, that helped me. So I want to give you some resources today. Um, here's what really scares me, and I told you this a couple weeks ago. It scares me when you come to me and say, I'm going to start reading my Bible. That part I like. But then you say, yeah, I'm going to start in Genesis and just start reading. And I want to go, no, 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 don't do that. Because here's what I know. You're going to start in Genesis. Genesis is going to be cool. You're going to get to Exodus. Exodus is pretty cool. You're going to hit Leviticus and go, eh. It's going to get kind of sideways. And you're going to go, what happened to the storyline? You know, this, this suddenly got strange, and I, don't, I can't follow, and I don't get it. So I want to give you some plans to just kind of start to help you get started. One of these days, maybe you can read the whole Bible all the way through, and I'm going to talk about plans that will do that. But I want to talk about some other plans as well. Um, some people can start at the beginning and read all the way through, and they just that's, there's no problem with them. But this is not like any other book. This, this thing is a, it's, it's not really a book. It's a collection of writings uh, of ancient manuscripts. And... and They were put together years and years ago, and somebody decided to put them in a particular order, but it's not in chronological order, so it makes it a little kind of funky. And you read Genesis and Exodus, and it's fine, and it's really cool, and you hit Leviticus, and it goes crazy, and you go, where'd the story go? So two weeks ago, we gave you the Bible in chronological order. Again, it's on the back side of that that thing, and and, uh, if you've still got that, uh, make reference to that. Um. Today we're going to talk about several plans, and I'm going to give, a, a, we got a plan for everybody, okay? I've even got a plan for atheists. How good is that? I've got a Bible reading plan for an atheist this morning, um, which again, I wish you could have heard the conversation I had right after church. It was awesome. 
Um, all different personalities, all different faith stations, random people, creative people. Um, so first of all, let me say again, if you don't have a Bible, you're here today and you don't own a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. You go to the Welcome Center and you say, Brett told me to tell you to give me a Bible, they will give you a Bible, all right? Bible reading plans don't do you any good if you don't have a Bible to read. So we, we want you to have a Bible and it's important enough to us that we'll even give you one if you need one. Um, now let me tell you about some of the different Bible reading plans and again we, we've got all these at the Welcome Center um, I've got a blue page, a yellow page and a green page and I'm going to hold these up the first plan that I want to tell you about is the uh, Exploring Jesus in 21 Days this is a 21 day Bible reading plan with this plan um, in 21 days you will have read through the, the Gospels according to Luke and according to John and um, it's all split up for you it doesn't say monday tuesday wednesday it's just day one day two day three so you can kind of take it however you want but it's meant for you to go 21 days at a time and so you know exactly where to start so in 21 days you will have read through the entire life of christ two different ways luke and and john because they both wrote about jesus from different perspectives and if you're a new christian or if you're somebody who's exploring christianity and somebody you know you're fine with god but you're not so sure about the Bible, and, and you may think, you know, Jesus was a good guy, but you aren't really sure about the unique claims of Jesus, then this would be a great place for you to start. Um, because it focuses on his life and his ministry, and, and all you have to do is just go day one, day two, day three. And if you miss, that's okay. You just pick up where you left off. So it's, it's just 21 days of Bible reading. Then on the back is Bible reading plan number two. It's, it's 10 weeks, and it's random. All right? It's... Um, some of you are a little different. You're just a little more loose and free-flowing and creative types. And, you know, you don't like to be, don't chain me down. Just, you know, don't do any of that. So um, what we've got for you is this 10-week plan, but it's not through any real book of the Bible. It's more like a sampler. <laughs> it's like going to the cafeteria and saying, oh, it's some green beans and some mashed potatoes, and you get a little bit of everything. Uh, 10-week plan. Uh, here, you know, it, it says in 10 weeks, these are the passages you would read in week one, week two, and you can split it up however you want. You can be as random with it as you want. You can read it all on Wednesday if you want to. Read it all on Saturday and be done with it. it you, you can break it up and do a little bit each, each day if that's what you want to do. But in the context of a week, you will read these passages, and the good thing about the sampler is you get some Old Testament, you get some New Testament, you get some history, some poetry, some prophecy, you get the story of Jesus, you get acts of the apostles you get um, the epistles the letters that the apostles wrote to the different churches so it's like a sampler and, and, and if you want bits and pieces of the entire bible then that would be the one that you would want and, and you can do it any way you want to in 10 weeks and that's the plan for you the one that is most popular in fact if you buy a bible anymore it seems like they put these in the back of them new version has all you know different kinds of plans like these um is a plan that allows you to read the Bible through in a year. Now, the green one is from Discipleship Journal. It's out there, and um, it is every day of the week. There's a checkbox. If you are a check, if you're a list person, if you like to check off boxes, have I got a plan for you? This is it right here. Got more check boxes than you can shake a stick at. You got 365 days of check boxes. You can read and check a box. Read and check a box. Um, it tells you what day, it tells you exactly what to read, and if you do that at the end of the year, you will have read through the Bible in one year. Um, another way to do it is just do it 52 weeks at a time. It, it kind of gives you a chance. You can customize it and do it your way, but it still will take you through um, one 
In one year, you will have read through the entire Bible. Again, have little check boxes for you so you can, you can do that. Now, here's the thing that I'm telling you about reading it through in a year, and I'm talking about plans, and that's great. And I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth for a minute. Here's a, there's a reason I don't like these. I like them. There's a reason I don't use these. I'm going to tell you the reason. It doesn't fit my personality. Because I, my personality, I'm a, I want to, I'm a, you I'm a pleaser, right? I mean, I want to, I want to, if you tell me to do that, I want to do that. And so if the list says I got to read this today, then I feel obligated that I've got to read this today. And I can get so focused on I got to get to the end so I can check the box that I will forget what I've read. And, and for me, it becomes more about getting to the end than it does about what does it have to say. And, and really what I'm after in this Bible reading thing is not that you fulfill some legal obligation to have read your Bible. What I want is for the Bible to come alive for you, and I want it to speak to your life. And if you're worried about checking boxes, that's probably not going to happen. So I, I show you these plans, and I tell you they exist, and we've made copies for you, and if you think you can do that and not get caught up in the whole checkbox thing, go for it. I just want you to read them. Now, Let me turn the page because I've got no idea where I'm at right now. Okay, I'm supposed to show you a book. This book, <laughs> it's terrible being me, it really is. Um, this book is uh, reading the entire Bible in one year. Um, I don't really don't know how to do this without making it sound like I'm trying to shill for this book, and that's not what I'm trying to do, but... Um, if you wanted a little extra help, let's say you were going to read the Bible through in a year, you could have a book like this, and, and uh, this particular one is out of print, but I'm sure they've got something like it. We have been able to locate about six or seven copies of this. We've paid on average about 10 bucks for them. If you wanted one, see them at the Welcome Center and we'll hook you up. I don't get any money for it. I don't know Webb Garrison. I'm just saying if, if you think this would be helpful for you, we've gone ahead of time and gotten some you could get one of these. What this does is if you were going to, like, you open it up, I'm looking at month 6, 26th the day, you're supposed to read Jeremiah 36 to 39. And so before you read that, you read this little block right here, and it gives you a synopsis of what you're about to read. Times, places, principal characters, kind of what the context is of what you're about to read. Actually pretty cool. So that when you're reading it, you, you already have some flow of what's going on, and it's like you can plug that in to your mind and go yeah I understand this so we've we've tracked a couple of these down and we have them and if we run out we'll we, I think we probably could find some more we're having to buy them here and there but if that interests you ten dollars can get you one of those and again it's this isn't really a commercial I'm just I want you to read your Bible and if ten bucks will help then spend ten bucks and do it the next thing I want you to see if you've got a pen or a pencil you may want to write in a minute just warning you this is Bible Study Magazine. You think God doesn't know what he's doing? Let me tell you a story. I had my sermon all printed. I'm ready to leave the office um, late Thursday night, and I'm walking by my mailbox, and this is in there. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So I take it out and look at it, and I'm like, that is a Bible Study Magazine. I didn't even know there was a Bible. I've been preaching for 12 years now, did not know there was a Bible Study Magazine. It's got my man, Bill Hybels, on the cover of this one. And I, I take that out, took it home with me that night, and I'm looking at it, and on the front was a cover with a little note from Jim Mayotto at the Willow Creek Association, and 
basically what this is, is this thing, is, it's, it's a magazine, you would subscribe to it uh, annually, I think it's 20 bucks, it's like nineteen ninety nine. But because we are a part, I don't know if you know this, but the Crossland Community Church is a part of the Willow Creek Association, and as a result of that, we get discounts on things and conferences and books and things. Um, one of the things we get a discount on is everybody in this room, if you wanted to subscribe to this, I can get you $5 off, and I'm going to tell you how you do it. You're going to go to, and I've, already, I've even thought ahead, and I've got slips of paper at the Welcome Center with all this information on it, so if you want it, it's going to be at the Welcome Center, but write it down too, okay? It's good for you to write down. BibleStudyMagazine.com slash Hybels. You go to that website, and it may ask you for a code, and if you need the code, that's the code. And again, all this is on a slip of paper at the Welcome Center. You have to, here's the catch on this. You have to do this by Tuesday. Okay, this is like a limited time deal, but it'll take $5 off the regular $19.99 price. And again, I'm not getting any money from Bill Hybels or Bible Study Magazine or anything like that. Here's what I'm asking you. You come to me all the time and say, Brett, I just need help. If you could just help me, how do I understand my Bible? You do Bible studies. And, and I'm telling you, I look through this. This is really, really good. I mean, there's some really good Bible studies in here, and you would get this every month. I think it's every month. And, and it would teach you, it would do two things. It would lead you through Bible studies, but it would also teach you how to study the Bible. And for the cost of, what, four Starbucks? Am I right? Actually, three. Am I right? For the cost of three Starbucks, you could have a subscription to a Bible study magazine, and it would help you. Again, you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend any money. It's just, if, if that's what it takes, that's what I want you to do. Um, you need a time. You need a place. You need a plan. I want to tell you about two other plans real quick. If you're a person who would say something like this, I'm sort of like in the church. I, I kind of like hanging out with the people at this church. It's a neat church. I, I like coming here. But Brett, miracles. I don't believe in miracles. I... I I think there's a God. I'm still trying to figure that out. I respect Jesus, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to go with you on the whole Jesus thing. Um, Brett, if Christianity is like rungs on a ladder, I'm on the ground looking at the first step, trying to contemplate whether or not I'm going to put my foot on that rung. That's where I'm at. If that's, if that's you, and I had a guy leave after first service, and he said, that is exactly what I am. And he said, I really like this church. I'm like, yes, yes. So, so we actually have people like that that come often, and so I, I, I'm sure there's somebody in the room that that would describe them this morning. They, they think there's a God. They're not even sure. They're not sure about Jesus, and they're looking at the rungs on the ladder, and they're saying, I don't even know if I'm ready to even take the first step. I have a Bible reading program for you. Are you ready? Proverbs. Proverbs. Here's the deal about Proverbs. It's split up into 31 chapters. There are 31 days and most months i would encourage encourage you to read the book of proverbs and here's why i think the book of proverbs would be good for you there are no miracles in it it's just kind of common sense stuff it's it's kind of stuff that will help you in life you'll see how relevant it is it's going to talk about life and business and family money relationships leadership it's going to talk about temptation all the stuff you face in a given day it's going to talk about all those things it's very relevant to your world it's written by a king some say was the wisest man that ever lived. There's 31 chapters, so what you do is whatever day of the week it is, it, today's the 29th, am I right, 29th? You would go to Proverbs 29, and you would read Proverbs 29. If it's the 15th, you read that Proverbs. Sit down, 
you, you turn to the proverb, you read it through, and at the, begin, at the beginning of the month, you just start over and you read it again. And if you never read anything else but the book of Proverbs, you could read it for the rest of your life, and the book of Proverbs would be new to you every time you read it. It's like a movie that you watch, and you watch it again, and you go, I don't remember that the first time. It's like the, I watch the Titanic, even to this day, when I see the movie The Titanic, I'm like, I don't remember that. Every time. That's what it's like to read the book of Proverbs. And if you get stuck in something, stop right there and pick it up the next day at the next chapter. Just keep moving on. Um, you could spend the rest of your life reading the book of Proverbs and it would be good for you. Um, and you say, Brett, you know, I'm not really into miracles in God and I'm not sure about Jesus, but, but you know, are you telling me that I shouldn't read the rest of the Bible? No. <laughs> If you want to read that, my hope is that you would read Proverbs and go, wow, that was really relevant for my life. I wonder what the rest of the Bible says. And who knows, maybe you get over into the New Testament and you get into the Gospels and you start to learn about the life of Jesus and you start to read it for yourself instead of what someone has told you and you, you make your own informed decision about, you know what, he doesn't sound like the crackpot that, that I've been told he was. He sounds like a man who knew what he was talking about, and I want to know more about him. That's my hope. That's my prayer. So, um, no, I'm not telling you that you can't read the rest of it, but it, a good place to start is the book of Proverbs. Um, very relevant. And then finally, the system that is probably the closest to what I use, if you want to call it a system, um, and it doesn't make it better or worse. Again, this isn't about better or worse. I, the best way to summarize what I do is I read until I bump into something. I'll take a chunk or a section. Uh, it may be a story in the Bible. It may be a book of the Bible. It may be a chapter. It might be just one or two verses. Um, it might be a conversation. And I'll try to go until something jumps out. And if you've ever read the Bible much, um, you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm reading along, and then something just kind of reaches out and grabs me. You know, it basically says, think about this. You know, this is a principle I want that, that, that you need to kind of download and know or you need to make a change in your life in this particular area and when those things jump out i'm thinking that's not an accident that's not a coincidence that's usually god trying to say something to you and to me and when it happens i'll kind of spend a little extra time thinking about it talking about it now you'll never get through the whole bible that way if your goal is to just read it from cover to cover this isn't the plan for you but if your goal is to just spend some time and and dig out some nuggets this might be the way to do it and let me say this if you're reading the bible and the bible gets boring it's not the bible's problem it's not the bible's fault then you need to switch it up you need to think about another different plan or another different place um, but don't just say well this isn't working try to find another way to do it um, pick a time pick a place pick a system and see if god doesn't honor you reading your bible it's going to take some time. Some things are going to start jumping off the page. And let me say this. You're not going to understand everything in here. All right? I don't understand everything in here. But that doesn't make us stupid. And that doesn't mean that those things can't be understood. And that doesn't mean that someone doesn't understand those things. You know somebody who understands something that you might read that you don't understand. This is a very complicated book. Okay? It's, it's written many years ago. It's written by a lot of different people. And it's not always the easiest thing to read, but it is extraordinarily relevant, and it is very, very powerful. A time, a place, and a plan. Now, 
We're almost done, okay? I want to encourage you to do something that you are not probably going to want to do. As you read the Bible, I want to highly encourage you to write and draw on the pages. And you go, <gasps> it's the holy word of God. I can't write in the Bible. My mom said I would go to hell if I did that. I know that. And if I can't get you past it, that's okay. If you're reading it, that's fine. But just hear me out. I'm glad you have awesome respect for the Bible. That's a good thing. There's something very helpful about personalizing your own copy of the Scriptures. Uh, by personalizing, I mean that you take a pen or a pencil. When I read my Bible, this is the ammunition I have to read my Bible. Okay, I'm sitting there just like this, and I have these things ready. And as I'm reading, a lot of times I'll stop, and I'll say, I want to I get that. I want to highlight that and if it's really something that I want to make sure that I call my attention to I'll box it up in a black or red ink Some, if it's really important I'll put both colors on there I want it to stand out to me um, start interacting visually with your Bible this is this is my Bible that I read daily the one that I've I mean I've done this several times gone through and marked them up and then I go get a new one um, this is the one that I'm in right now I've, I've made some pictures I want to show you that that's one page in my Bible that is uh, 1 Samuel 15 that's the story of Saul when he's supposed to have killed the Agagites and he doesn't do it and Samuel has to come and kind of kick his tail a little bit and say hey God's going to get ticked off at you and I love preaching that story you can tell I love that story look at all the chicken scratch on that and then um, the next passage there that is what is that that is Acts chapter 16 I preached a sermon on that that's where Paul and Silas get taken prisoner and they, in the middle of the night they're singing songs and the jail opens up and they get out. Um, there's a sermon that I preach. And in this one, I preach through the book of Ruth. Look at that. Look at that crazy thing. I preach through the book of Ruth and when I was listening to the preacher who was kind of going to help me with that, I just took notes. And my whole book of Ruth looks like that. Okay. So when, now when I sit down and I open up to the book of Ruth, all those notes jump off at me and there's little extracurricular stuff maybe that the text that background that I didn't know that a preacher helped me to understand you know people say Brett how do you learn all that stuff I listen to other people teach and I teach myself and and in doing that you're going to learn and so if you're if you've been a Christian for just a short while and then you see somebody who's been a Christian for a long time and you look through their Bible it looks like a highlight factory exploded in there doesn't it I mean, it, they, it looks like somebody went to a pin place and it just and somebody went crazy writing in their Bibles. And we've got people in the church that, that their Bibles would look like that. Um, you know what they've done? They've personalized their copy of the Scriptures. They, they've made it personal to them. They've got reminders that pop out. I know people that buy um, um, wide-margin Bibles and journal in the side of them and when, they're, when they fill that Bible up, they close it up and they go buy another one and do the same thing. Here's a thought, parents. What if you were doing this? What if you were doing this every day and you were writing in your Bible and you were trying to learn God's Word and trying to make it relevant to you and you filled up three or four of these and then one day you pass on and you leave these behind for your kids? Do you think your kids wouldn't kill to have a copy of a Bible that you personalized? Here's what I can tell you. When I pass away one day, when I go be with Jesus, my, I'm going to have one of these for every one of my kids. Every one of my kids is going to have a 
copy of one of my Bibles that they will be able to hold and look at and see Dad's writing and what was important to him and, and what verses stood out. And do you think when they're 50, 60, 70 years old someday, that won't be a prized possession for them? You should do that for your kids. Personalize your Bibles for your kids. Um, man, I've got, I got to skip stuff here. All right, Kyle, we're going to skip, all right? We're going to skip. One of the things that I want you to do is I want you to, as you're reading through, you may read something and think, man, that's powerful. I want to take that out. You may be a person who has lived your life in such a way that, that you feel like you've dented your relationship with God beyond belief, beyond repair. You may think, I'm t- I've been too bad. I can't, God can't love someone like me. And then you're reading along, and you come to Romans chapter 8. And you read in Romans chapter 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you're thinking to yourself, could that mean me? If I'm a Christian, could that, could that possibly mean me? And maybe what you would do is as you read that, you would take a card and you would write down that, that, those words, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you put that on your dashboard or you put it on your refrigerator or your mirror and every day you saw that. And whenever the devil came along and tried to tempt you into thinking you weren't worth anything and God doesn't love you and he doesn't care about you and you read that verse, therefore... There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It could change everything for you. That verse could change your life. And you put it on a card and you keep it with you and you you memorize that kind of stuff. Um, That's what I want you to do. Um, Let me close up by saying this. You need a time, a place, and a plan. You need to personalize your Bible. You need to pull out the verses that speak to you. And then when you pray, you will find yourself thinking about those verses. And then you won't be just trying to get God to do things for you. God will be saying things to you. He'll be reminding you, I love you this much. There's no condemnation. I want to read you a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to close. This comes from Hebrews. It talks about how powerful the Word of God is. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart that is what god's word has the ability to do when you personally interact with it here's what i'm going to say to close i pray for you but i can't pray for you you know what i'm saying you need to pray too that's something i can't do for you i can't say your prayers for you you got to pray i can't do that for you I can't read your Bible for you. You live in America. We have, I'll give you a Bible. It's not having one's not the problem. You've got to read it. I can't read it for you. So that's really all I got. <laughs> I, I, can't, I don't know how to say it any more clear than that. Read your Bible. God will speak to you in the process. Let's pray. Father, I'm... Some people would say, thankfully, I'm out of words. I, I don't, I, I've got nothing else to, talk, to say about reading the Bible. I, I've taken my best shot. What has to happen next is you have to motivate these people. You have to uh, meet them when they finally get the courage or make the time to crack their Bible open, maybe for the first time. You've got to be there. 
You've got to speak to them. You've got to make it dynamic. And I'm praying that you will. Lord, I don't know what else to say. I, 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 I've given them plans. I've showed them how to personalize it. We've talked about the, the way it's broken down. Uh, we're giving Bibles to them. I, I don't know what else to do. So would you just be the almighty, powerful God you are and do the work that needs to be done and meet us in the pages of Scripture. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen.